groups, but it's just as one church, we build together and we create something together that will be powerful, that will be kingdom building, that will help to, to usher in the next awakening here on Anglesey. But anyway, I want to start this morning by talking about a recent revival on Anglesey that some of you here may have actually witnessed in your own lifetime. Now, this revival was started by a few people. And despite all kinds of opposition and against incredible odds, this revival completely changed the nature of this island and is now having an impact further afield. Now, you're probably thinking, what am I talking about? I'm not actually talking about a spiritual revival. No, I am talking about the revival of red squirrels here on Anglesey. Now, I like uh, uh, Latin names, being a gardener. So this is a red squirrel or Sciurus vulgaris. Does anyone know what vulgaris means? Common. It's just a Latin word for common. Now, red squirrels are beautiful animals, are they not? And they once had a stronghold over the whole of the UK. But this population was decimated as a result of the grey squirrel, which was introduced in about 1876 by um, Victorians that had menageries. Now, the grey squirrel, Sciurus carolinensis, carolinensis, sorry, does anyone know what the carolinensis means? It's from Carolina in America. It's an American gray squirrel. That's where its, its home is. The gray squirrel is altogether larger, more aggressive than the red, but the most devastating impact it had was that it carried squirrel pox, an invisible pathogen. Squirrel pox is something that red squirrels are very susceptible to, but the grays have become immune to. Now, Anglesey has managed to turn against this tide and a small group of dedicated eco-warriors and also a growing population of supporters have managed to establish a fantastic um, base for the red squirrels which are now being uh, spreading out further afield from here, which is incredibly exciting if you like nature, um, like I do. But I was thinking, the church in the UK has had problems directly that mirror the red squirrel, once the prevalent and dominant basis for moral and social cohesion. Christianity has also faced serious threats from alien invaders, introduced gradually over a period of many generations. More aggressive philosophies such as Darwinism have now been taught in our schools for generations. There's also been a steady flow of foreign philosophies and religions pouring into the UK which have found fertile soil in the absence of a strong church, coupled with the decline of religious institutions and Christian beliefs. I think now it's so confusing for young people and old people that are struggling to find faith and finding out what is the truth. In this aggressive atmosphere that the media propagates, the prevailing philosophy that seems to me to be the one is that every, absolutely everything goes, unless, of course, it's as long as it's not based on the absolute truth of a living God who sent Jesus to save us. 
everything else goes. So here's the squirrel distribution maps. Um, oh, here we are. So the grey squirrel started sort of in the south of the UK, um, very quickly spread and became the dominant um, force. You can see the red squirrel, the tiny little um, enclave left on Anglesey. This is a bit of a gruesome picture, sorry, but this shows you the size difference of there's a grey squirrel at the top, and there's the poor little red squirrel. You can see how they don't, you know, win many fights. And this is some of the damage that squirrels actually do to trees. There, the grey squirrel is in a serious pest in the UK. So this was interesting, and I think perhaps we need to realise just how significant Anglesey is, how significant Wales is, because in the first 500 years when Christianity spread out from um, Jerusalem there's this Celtic church that's established just on the west coast. I don't know if you can see that, but just on the um, east coast of Ireland, Anglesey, North Wales, a bit in South Wales, a bit in um, Corn Cornwall, and a little bit in Scotland. But if, I mean, these statistics aren't, I haven't check, checked them out as being 100% accurate, but the atheist strongholds in the last decade at least show those very same places on the west coast of the UK, actually strongholds for, for people that have um, no faith or um, faith is in serious decline. And I think the statistics for Anglesey are pretty appalling. I think it's 1% of the population are Christians, whereas the average for the UK is about 6%. So I'm hoping those slides will get you thinking, yes, we are like the red squirrels. We're being pushed and pushed and pushed. But where is God in, in all this? Where is God on this front line that we are part of? So I'm afraid some of these um, images are a little bit distressing. In war-torn lands, burnt-out tanks and shelled buildings riddled with bullet holes litter the landscape whilst children play in the rubble. In spiritually war-torn lands, empty carcasses of once full church buildings sit derelict or with just a few remaining white-haired members to keep the minutes and change the flowers till they too disappear. This is the kind of landscape that Jesus entered into, I think, 2,000 years ago. The people were in darkness. The religious leaders, Jesus said, were like the blind leading the blind. Um, and there's lots of scriptures that say when the church declines to that level, um, people suffer. So Hosea 4, verse 6 my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And the poor old red squirrel with these greys coming in have absolutely been decimated. And you can see the, the pain. And this, I'm thinking with my spiritual eyes as well, this is the state of some people. I've been feeling a bit like this the last few weeks with sciatica um, and my eye tumour last year, you know. Some of us are in quite a bad <laughs> shape. Life on the front line. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. How, how much do we need vision? How much do we need the word of God breaking into those dark places? Now, in one of the Bible's most famous stories, David and Goliath, David 
a teenage shepherd was sent with 10 loaves and 10 cheeses. It's a bit like um, one of Jesus' um, stories, isn't it? He was sent to the front line to resupply three of his oldest brothers who were fighting with King Saul against the Philistines. Goliath was a giant over nine feet tall. Doesn't look, looks a bit like um, Neil, but maybe a <laughs> 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 bit more iron pumping <laughs> needed. <laughs> um, Goliath was issuing a daily challenge to the Israelites to provide a champion to match him. Now, David, filled with the Holy Spirit, had the courage to face this giant with the few simple things he'd been given. His shepherd's staff and five smooth pebbles he found. Now, God had already helped David overcome other giants in his life. You don't have to start with Goliaths. David had already faced giants and defeated them. This is a picture of a Syrian brown bear at the top, um, which was the bear that is mentioned a lot in, in the Bible. This is the lion um, that lives in that area. And this is the kind of countryside around Jerusalem, uh, where Bethlehem, where David would have um, raised his, his um, father's sheep. Goliaths in our own lives fill us with fear and anxiety. They stop us advancing. They rob us of our joy. They take our health, our relationships, our finances. They take our children captives as slaves. We can find Goliaths everywhere we look out there, in the media, in our schools, in our workplaces, on the internet. On the streets, Goliaths in our society are many. And the few that came to mind, first of all, are materialism, loneliness, pride, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, gambling, drugs, alcohol abuse, breakdown of marriages, breakdown of families, abortion, chronic mental health, homelessness, suicide, poverty, false religions, and counterfeit spirituality. If we think with those eyes, there are so many giants in our own lives that we are up against. The challenge is this morning is that if we don't make a stand against these giants that have been robbing us, our children, our friends, our loved ones, and our neighbors. If we don't take a stand against the giants who are spreading this pox of moral, social, and spiritual decline, then our faith will continue to decline. The front line will be pushed further back. More land will be taken by the giants until the church is altogether vanished or not functioning in any way. If we don't take a stand, God, I believe, will raise up others who will. We will miss our moment in this great plan of redemption. And in this story, there were two giants, actually, two giants. This is King Saul, by the way. King Saul was a giant. He was the tallest man by a head in Israel. He was Israel's champion. He should have fought that giant because he didn't. He had 40 days to do so. 
God raised up David. Now, Rio has found me a video, David and Goliath, so I just want to play that. And think about the giants in your own lives when you're watching this. incredible um, story that is. David said to Saul, your servant has, has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword 
or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord. And he will give all of you into our hands. It's God who's the real giant slayer. We just have to have faith and walk out like David did. If God can bring down enough giants that are opposing us in building a vibrant church on Anglesey, what kind of a future can we hope for? If God can bring down enough giants in our own lives, with our own battles, with health, with our families, with our work, with our finances, what difference would that make? If God can bring down enough giants in the world around us, what ripples would that have for Anglesey and the people who currently don't know anything about God? God longs for everyone to come to faith and to know his love. One Corinthians fifteen. Thanks be to God who gives us this victory through Jesus. As a result, my brothers and sisters, you must stand firm, unshakable, and excel in the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor isn't going to be for nothing. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole of the Bible, which is challenging. Isaiah fifty eight, six to nine. Is this not the kind of fasting? I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will see, say, here I am. These are the giants we've been called to bring down. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people, this is for you this morning, if you here this morning who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Isn't that incredible? Romans 8. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is on the move. We've heard that this morning. We heard it last week. He does want to take new territory here on Anglesey. It's not, not a fight against gray squirrels. It's not a fight against giants even. It's a fight against principalities, powers in the heavenly realms. This fight begins in our hearts 
and on our knees. If we want God to listen to our prayers, we need to align ourselves with his way of doing things. Align our hearts to his. Get rid of the junk that gets in the way. Like David, be filled and led by God's all-conquering love and spirit. Now, Kapolgaledi has a distant outpost in the Conwy Valley, a house group some of us go to. Over the past year, this house group has been praying against certain giants, suicidal thoughts, mental health problems, against poverty, against sickness, against all kinds of destructive addictions in the lives of people we know and love. We've started. We've already had some incredible answers to prayer, but we're only just starting to get a sense of God's power in a more tangible way and a growing awareness of our role in bringing about this change in the world around us. As a community here at Kapogaladi, let's start to seek God for victories in our own lives, healing and forgiveness to those around us, to get rid of the things that drag us away from God, to rise up united as a community, to be ready, to have the courage to take a step of faith. Let's pray for a coming awakening, a reversal to the current darkness in our spiritually war-torn land. Let us pray for a revival here on Anglesey and a thriving Christian community that once again sends people out all over the world carrying the good news of salvation. This morning I want to finish by talking about a revival on Anglesey that some of you may have the privilege of witnessing in your own lifetimes. A revival that a few key people will help to bring about despite serious opposition and seemingly against incredible odds. A revival that will completely change the nature of the island and will certainly impact further afield. Have you got the courage to rise to this challenge and face these giants? I know there was a lot in there, but I want to give us a chance as a community to respond to this um, and maybe ask the musicians to come up and play something in the background for me, please. As I've been speaking, I've been praying that God would bring things to mind. And I, those pictures of the red squirrels were <laughs> almost heartbreaking. And those pictures of the squirrels is very much like what our community is like, what what the world we live in is like without a God um, for lot, lots of them um, where the giants rule and there is no vision, there is hurt, there is pain, there is no one to heal, there is no one to um, make a cup of tea and a piece of cake for the lonely every day. So the first question is what giants do you need to fight on your front line? You don't have to set your Aim that high to start with. Start with the things you feel you, you can take on. Just like David, take on. I'm sure he took on wolves and dogs before he started taking on bears and lions. What pox do you need to start with? We live in this world that is so polluted with so much awful stuff and it, it can't help but affect us in certain ways and the people love close.
what pox do you need to start dealing with? Maybe God would put something on your heart this morning that you know you, you're suffering from that is a, as a result of, of doing things you know are outside of God's way of doing things. And it's time to step back in to God's camp firmly with both feet. That map of, of um, Europe and the Middle East really spoke to me and thought Wales was a, an incredible, crucial part in the spread of Christianity before Africa, before the, the New World, before Asia. There were Christians here in, in Wales and instrumental in bringing the Christian faith to all far-flung places of the world. It's no wonder that on Anglesey the attack has been the greatest and the, just like those red squirrels, this church is is on its knees. What prayers do you need to start praying for breakthrough? If we join together, our paper clips together, our prayers will have a power. When we align our hearts to God's and we pray, giants will tumble. And something very practical this morning, is there anyone that can help you on your journey? Are there giants you're facing that you you would rather not face alone. I'm sure there'd be people here that would love to get beside you, pray, support you. So I'm going to ask you all to stand. These are just um, little props, but this is what David defeated Goliath with, uh, a pebble for his sling and the giant's own sword. And I want you to be real with God this morning, and I know we are all facing many giants. But I want us to call out this morning as a church that we draw a line this morning on this front line that has pushed us back to this point where the church is on Anglesey is like a war zone. There are derelict chapels everywhere. There is a few left standing. And we say this morning, God, we are willing to step up to that front line as David did, carrying just the few things we've got. But this morning, God, we align ourselves to you and we pray this morning, God, and we declare that you are our God. You are the champion of heaven. You are more than able to bring down these giants that we face. And we cry out to you, God, this morning, bring down these giants that we're facing in our own lives and that the church is facing and that the people out there are facing. I want to be real as well. I think there's a challenge, and Jesus, Jesus said this as well, that when he was preaching, there were many people the time of Naaman the leper but it was only Naaman that was willing to go and bathe seven times and make an idiot of himself there were many widows in the land but it was only one who lived in Syria that um, was blessed there are many Christians on Anglesey but I want us all to be ones that are involved with God's frontline action you will be left behind <laughs> others will be raised up and I've already seen people being raised up since the church has started and they will be the Davids of the future but let us say this morning that if there is things in our lives that we know we're in the wrong camp with let's 
step back from the, the enemy camp and step back in to God's camp, the front line of God's kingdom. Let's lay things down. Let's wrestle with them. Let's slay these giants first so that we're not held back when God wants to use us because he wants us to be his hands. He wants us to be his, his people. So, Father God, the things in our lives we know we're in the wrong camp with, we step back from that. We, re we repent, is what the Bible calls. We, we turn around from that, and we, we come back into your camp, God, and we ask that these things, if they have a hold over us, that they would be the first giants to fall in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. And, Father God, we know that uh, any revival has come about by the saints on their knees. And we know that Anglesey has been an incredible stronghold of the faith that has sent your word right across the globe. So I pray, God, that same ancient spirit that was brought here, the Holy Spirit, would rise up and raise us up the same to be equal to this task of stemming the tide just like the red squirrels, the Anglesey would be a stronghold once again for your people, a praying people. So God, I pray you would rise in up, us in up prayers, united prayers. We wouldn't be fighting against each other. We'd be fighting against the giants. And Father God, united, no one gets left behind. No one's left alone. No one's left uncared for. We pray against the giants of depression, against the giants of fear, anxiety, of hopelessness, of suicidal thoughts, of depression. Again, Lord, we, we pray these would be the first giants to fall down in our community. And we may take a stand against them this morning. And we claim, as David did, the God of Israel. You sent Jesus into this world to pierce the darkness with light, to set the oppressed free. And I just want to say this prayer. Uh, it's a, it's a, talking of John the Baptist, and I want to pray, pray this over us this morning. That we would be a voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked paths shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. I'm just going to open it up. If anyone wants to pray anything, then feel free to shout it out or come up to the front. Um, and after that, we'll have a song. But if you feel stirred, if you want to say something, so take a stand, step up to that front line, be counted. God has created us for such a time as this. Let's stand up. Let's be one. <laughs>